0: Hi and welcome or welcome back. This is the Harmonic Fuckery podcast and I'm your host, Rajan Perro. In today's episode, I thought that I would talk about my old songs, like the first couple of songs I ever wrote. And you know how I got started in songwriting and making music and like the whole backstory of how I came up with the lyrics, what kinds of situations I was writing about Um, Because I just thought that that could be kind of interesting. I'm currently working on new music and I have kind of played around with the idea of recording my old songs, like the first couple of songs that I ever made, just to have like a real solid recording of them. To just, you know, have the memory of these songs like... um, I don't know to to, to to like save them for the future so at some point I can look back, back and be all um sentimental and think about what I went through as a teenager but actually I don't really like my first couple of songs and I think that that's normal like whenever you start a creative hobby at first you're gonna be really bad at it <laughs> and um You have to remember that when I started writing those songs, I always wrote my songs in English, but my English language skills kind of changed over time, and I'm still not at the level that I want to be at right now, but I'm way more happy with um, my English skills now than uh, the skills that I had back then. So I had a very limited vocabulary, and I had very limited ways to, uh, express what I was feeling, and I also had very, the very limited skill of, like, introspection and really even understanding what I was feeling, so these songs are kind of, they're kind of cringy. <laughs> they're really cringeworthy, they, um, they don't really get to the point to what I really was feeling at the time, and, Um, I also wasn't really able to find the right words in English so yeah I just thought I would go through some of them so quick backstory so you can understand where I was coming from when I wrote my first couple of songs I was in middle school and there was this guy and every time I was around him I got really anxious and I felt very like embarrassed of myself and I just assumed that that meant that I was in love with this guy. I didn't even know him. I had, like, this image in my head of who he was, like, how he was so cool and so outgoing and so confident and funny. When really now, looking back, I'm like, what the fuck? Um, (laughs) What was I thinking? Um, This guy wasn't really up to my standards. And I don't know why I told myself I was in love with him. I I wouldn't really even say from today's perspective that I ever was in love with him. I was just really anxious around boys. And whenever I was around a boy and I got really anxious and nervous, I just thought, hmm, that's what it must feel like to be in love. So I was just always assuming that I had a crush on somebody, like, all the time. Um, It was really annoying. Um, So this first guy who I thought I was in love with, um, I felt like... There were so many feelings inside me that I didn't know how to process. And of course, actually now looking back, I should have processed my social anxiety and my anxiety anxiety around boys. I should have processed feelings that came from childhood and different ideas of roles of like boys and girls and what they're supposed to do that I got from childhood and from my surroundings. I should have processed all of that. But instead, I was hyper-focused on this crush that I supposedly had on the sky. And, you know, trying to reach some some level of mental clarity, I tried to write a love song to express what I was supposedly feeling in hopes that it would make everything better. So I um, had learned in school what the most basic chord progression was, and I already was a piano player, so I could play the most basic chords and i just wrote some lyrics and um the song was even published later i recorded it and i um released it under my old stage name which was border lemmy you can still fa- find it on spotify i think and on all other stream- streaming platforms the song is called i wish and it's by the artist border lemmy um so um the lyrics go i wish you knew how much i cared i wish i knew why i was so scared i wish you knew all day all i do is miss you i wish i knew what the hell it takes to forget you so this guy who i thought i was in love with he um he failed a lot of classes so he had to um repeat i think one of the years in middle school and then he had to go to a different kind of school because here in Bavaria and Germany, we have a different school system than, for example, in the U.S. We have three different levels of schools, and I I was, like, in the highest level school. So since this guy had so many bad grades and he failed so many classes, he had to go a level below that, he, so he had to change schools. So I didn't see him anymore, really, in my day-to-day life, so this was what I was referring to when I was singing, I wish I knew what the hell it takes to forget you, or I wish you knew all day all I do is miss you, like... That wasn't the case. Like, all, all day I felt anxious and terrible about myself. But it, it wasn't like I was, like, missing him all day. Because I didn't even know him. Like, we weren't friends. We weren't even really... Yeah, we weren't friends. We weren't even really acquaintances. Like, m- maybe acquaintances. But, like, there was no chemistry and no, um, no bond there. There was just nothing there. <laughs> but... I was telling myself that all my problems and all the stuff, all the negative stuff that I was feeling, was actually that I was uh, in love with somebody who um, didn't reciprocate these feelings. And then the chorus of the song was like, "All that I want is get away from here. All that I need is to have you near." So I think I was right on track with this idea of wanting to get away from my life and wanting to get away from everything that I was feeling. That was actually very accurate at the time. I was very unhappy. Um, I was already pretty depressed at that age. I think I was 14 or something. All, all that I needed is to have you near. Like, that's the funny thing. Like, I thought that I was in love with this guy. But I never even, like, fantasized about, like, kissing him or holding his hand or anything. Um, I basically... All I ever felt was the anxiety when he was was around me. But I wasn't in a position to even imagine, like, being close to him and, um, you know, doing anything romantic with him, like, that was never part of my imagination, so it's, like, so crazy to me that I thought that I was in love with him, um, that's crazy, then the next verse is, I wish I had told you, don't take it personal, I just don't talk a lot, I wish I had told you how much I cared, but I guess I forgot, so he would always, like, try to talk to me and make little jokes, um, and he would always joke around like, hey, uh, you don't like me, right? You hate me because you never really um, answer when I make jokes. And I was like, no, oh. I was like so anxious um, and I wanted to like talk to him and I wanted to reply to what he was saying, but I was just like so shy and anxious that I never did. And I was actually scared that he thought that I hated him. <laughs> like, Imagine that. Imagine thinking you're in love with somebody, but... Being like, oh, I, I guess I'm acting in a way that would make him think that I actually hate him. And then being, like, so scared and, and stressed out that that could be the case. Like, oh my god, I never want to be a teenager again. That was miserable. <laughs> that was fucking miserable. Um, and, like, I wish I had told you how much I cared, but I guess I forgot. Like, come on. I nev- I never really cared for him because I didn't know him. But, like, there were always people trying to tell me, like, I had to ask him out. I had to be like, hey, can we hang out at some point after school? But that made zero sense. Like, I had people, like, on my side who were like, you have to hang out with him. You have to, you know, go on a date or something um, if you really want anything to happen between you two. But... That didn't make any sense, because even when we talked at school, we had no chemistry. We had nothing in common. We had nothing to talk about. Like, the reason that I didn't answer to his jokes wasn't just because I was anxious. It was also because those jokes were fucking stupid, and I had nothing to say to them. Like, they were not made to be replied to. You know what I mean? They were just, like, stupid remarks. Um. Yeah. And then, because you make me so nervous, I forget anything. Even my own name. I wish I could tell you my life goes on, but it's, it's just not the same um yeah nothing else to add to that all that I want is to get away from here all that I need is to have you near I thought I was strong I'd carry on but I was wrong all along and now that you're gone I miss you that's why I wrote this song I was basically like just very proud of those rhymes like that was the whole point I don't think these lyrics are strong or like meaningful in any way really I thought I was strong. No, I never thought that I was strong. I was so self-conscious. I never assumed that I was strong and that, that I would just carry on um, if something happens in my life. No fucking way. I literally just wrote this to like show off my my vocabulary and how many words I knew that all rhymed with each other. And I think that's ridiculous. So if you want to <laughs> listen to the song um, as I recorded it, Um, check it out. It's I Wish by Bordolemi. Um, yeah. So that was the first song I ever wrote. I think I was, like, probably 14 when I wrote it. And then the story goes, um, like this. Um, I I was, like, quote-unquote heartbroken over the sky, and I thought... Oh my god, now that I was not able to get anything positive out of these feelings and everything was so confusing. Um like, my, it like it was like my brain was stuck on this whole thing. So even when he was gone and when he didn't go to my school anymore, my brain was like stuck on this thing and I was like still obsessed with the thought that maybe he would hang out with um some of his friends after school so maybe I would see him. Um, He lived right across the street from the school, so it wasn't really that far-fetched to imagine that I would see him again, and I was just freaked out every single day, imagining that I could potentially see him by accident. And then um, there was some sort of school formal thing. No, it wasn't formal. It was... um, I don't know how to describe this. It was like a school fair where, like, every class had to sell some like cake or a sandwich or or drinks and then all the money that we made from selling those things was like for a good cause or something I don't know but that happened every uh every school year uh in summer and of course since this guy still had friends in my class he showed up to this fair um even when he wasn't at my school anymore and I was like oh shit, you know, I, w- I was already assuming he would come before I went there. um. So I was freaking myself out, out over what to wear and what I should look like and what I should act like and what I should say to him if I see him. And of course, you can't really plan those things ahead of time because you just have to react to the situation that you're presented with. You can't plan out a conversation just from your side because guess what? Like, there's two people. It takes two to tango. You never know what the other person is going to say. So it was very pointless, like, planning out how I would approach him and how I would talk to him. Um, But I was consumed by this thought process instead of working on what was actually going on, which was, like, my depression and, like, low self-esteem. And then I went to the fair and I actually saw him and he made jokes and little funny remarks again. And I didn't know what to say again, and I felt completely invisible to him. I think he didn't even acknowledge that I was there. He'd been in my class for a very long time, but he stood right next to me and pretended that I wasn't there. So that kind of hurt me. And for some reason, like, at that point, like, trigger warning, this is going to get really dark, so if you have mental health struggles, um, I don't know if you want to listen to this. But um, for some reason, like, in, like, this depressive state, like, my thoughts went, like, really dark, really fast, and I actually considered suicide, like, that sounds so stupid right now, that sounds so incredibly stupid, and I I don't know why I, I had that thought process, I really don't understand it now, looking back, because, like, it was just a boy um, that I didn't even know, and I I didn't even have a real reason to be nervous around him, or to... Put so much meaning behind our interactions, but for some reason I did. And yeah, so what happened then was one of his friends in my class um, was the last one from their group who was still at the fair. And I was like walking around and trying to, you know, trying to not panic because as I said, I had planned out how I would approach the guy that I w- had a crush on and it didn't go as planned and I was pretty much just invisible to him. So, there was only, like, this friend of his who was still there, and I was still walking around trying to, like, figure out what to do and, like, um, fighting these suicidal thoughts, and uh, what happened then was that I went out the back door of the school to go home, and there I met this friend of the guy I had a crush on, and this friend... Um, I don't know what I what I said at that point. I think I said something like, "Hey, by the way, um, in case I don't make it, like tell, th- tell your friend that it's because of him that I'm dead." Like, oh my god, I was so dramatic. Like, that is, that is insane to me. Um, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I was so depressed. Like, that was the most normal thing to me. But now looking back, like, that is crazy that I would say something like that. So. I had pretty much told this friend, like, hey, I'm going to, like, hurt myself, um, and he immediately, like, dropped everything that he was doing, and we also didn't really know each other, he was just somebody in my class, he just dropped everything, he even dropped, like, his bike to the ground, like, he had his bicycle, he wanted to go home, and he, like, dropped his bike, and I think something happened to the bike, and it didn't really even work, um, after that, but he was, like, so, I don't know, it was, um, it was, like, really impressive how he just dropped everything to be there for me, and we talked forever, and he, um, he, like, helped me get home safely, um, that night, although the next day he had, I think, his driver's license test, um, so, Yeah, that was, like, really sweet that he took care of me like that. And, of course, he said stuff like, hey, this guy isn't worth it, which, of course, is true. But I, uh, you know, I, I was so anxious around guys that I immediately interpreted that as, oh, I'm nervous around this guy, too. And he's saying that I'm, like, too good for this other friend. And he says that I'm, like, so valuable as a person and that I'm so special of course he was saying all these things to like keep me from doing something that i might regret um but i was like reading into it like oh my god could there be something there between me and this friend and immediately decided pretty much that now i had a crush on him so i was projecting all the feelings that i had already projected on his friend for years before that i now projected onto him and i ended up writing a lot of songs about him. Um, So the second song I ever wrote was called Gonna Be Okay. It goes like, do you know the feeling when you're on your own out here all alone? Only your shadow has grown up and you feel so torn up. Um, That was me like kind of realizing, wow, I really lost like my teenage years uh, to like depression and to this stupid crush and Um, we also talked about, like, on the way home, we talked about how he also knew what it was like to have this amount of heartache and to feel like uh, nothing makes sense anymore because somebody doesn't reciprocate your feelings. And then it goes, and do you know the feeling when someone stole your heart? It takes just a little spark and you're falling apart, falling apart. That was the first verse. Um, kind of bad, like, the lyrics aren't that great, but I remember the situation, so... Yeah, it made sense back then, but I wouldn't write those lyrics now. Um, It's cold and dark in my lonely heart. I'm thinking too much and I'm falling. Please someone take me away to a better place. Though I try, they can't hear me calling. So, yeah, it's cold and dark in my lonely heart. Like, I I had a massive emo phase. And um, after this whole story of, like, me projecting my crush onto the next guy, I had such an emo phase. Like, that was so intense. I only ever listened to um to really like heavy music like um metalcore was my thing back then and I only really consumed music and art that was super dark and super emo Uh, I'm thinking too much and I'm falling like that really like encapsules the whole lifestyle that I was in like I was thinking about everything a lot and but but I also hated people who were like, hey, you wanna feel better? Maybe stop thinking so much because I was like, oh, well, I have to figure my shit out. I have to think about stuff. And now looking back, I would have needed professional help to um to think in a productive way, because I was thinking in a very self destructive way. But thinking in it in itself isn't a bad thing when you're depressed. It's how you think about something and how you just go in a in a downward spiral. But professional help can kind of, like, keep you from going in that downward spiral, and it can help you use your thought processes, like, in a productive and positive way. But I didn't know that at that point. Uh, Please someone take me away to a better place. Like, that was me kind of, like, thinking about hurting myself. Though I try, they can't hear me calling. Like, I was trying so hard to be, like, the best person I could be, to be, like, the perfect version of myself. Like, I was so obsessed with trying to be better and trying to be yeah somebody other than myself somebody other than who i perceived myself as um they can't hear me calling it was like i was invisible to everybody and nobody heard my cries for help nobody really heard or saw what i was going through and i didn't even really see it and i didn't even really understand it and acknowledge it because i didn't i think i didn't even have the words to describe it. I didn't have that, that level of self... I don't know. I didn't have the level of, like, self-reflection to really understand what I was going through. Um, and then the years they passed, I pretended I was fine. It went so fast, Cut my heart like a knife. Uh huh. That's how I felt inside. The boy who'd stolen my heart disappeared out of sight, but I know that he knew he was still the one I liked, always on my mind. Yeah, that was just what I told you, like, the first story. It was summer when I fell hard, just a girl with a broken heart. Then I decided it's not worth the fight. I'm giving up. I can't make this right. So that was, like, the school fair. Uh, the night was cold and dark like my lonely heart as I saw one of his friends who was leaving. I said, I'm gonna get away to a better place. Please tell him for me he's the reason. Like, that's exactly the story I just tell, told you from the fair. And he said... Um, Don't be scared, I will always be there. You're too good for him anyway. Yeah. Because I know the feeling when someone stole your heart. It takes just a little spark and you're falling apart. Don't be scared, I will always be there. I'm always there for you. I'm always there. He said, don't throw your life away. Right here next to you, I'll stay. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. Yeah. So that was like my perspective on the future. Like this guy is always going to be there. And he also like verbatim said that. And as it turns out later in the story that's kind of like, that's where it all ran, went wrong because I got completely emotionally dependent on this guy and, again, told myself that I was in love with him um, and just projected everything that was wrong with my life. I, 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 like, projected everything that could possibly save me onto him and I felt completely dependent on him. And, uh, yeah. And then about the same night... the school fair i wrote another song called uh, superman well i also hung out with this guy later then because he he i don't know we had made this connection through this really weird evening where he like helped me and talked me through all of this and made sure that i got home safe so that that was the next song superman In the darkest night of my whole life, that's when the story began. Boy, you caught me when I fell, saved my life just like Superman. So, you know, just like, I think it's all in the lyrics, like building this guy up to be like the superhero, uh, like he's like larger than life when really he was just a guy. He was just a a boy my age who also didn't have all the answers and who definitely like wasn't, he wasn't like a different species of human. Like he was also just, just a guy but I kind of projected all this stuff onto him. You helped me when I cried and it felt so right. I never knew that it was you that I needed the most. You were there for me, you kept me company on my way back home so that I didn't get lost. Yeah, so that was, again, the night of the school fair. Superman, don't fly away, don't leave me here alone because next to you on these dark streets is the only place where I feel like home. Um, which is not true because I was still very anxious beside him, him, like, even when we were walking to my house together uh, and having, like, these really deep conversations, I still felt extremely anxious and it was never, like, I could just, like, let go and be myself and be authentic, like, there was still something wrong, but I completely, like, erased that from my memory and pretended, like, it was this perfect memory of, like, this perfect human connection and how this guy was, like, the perfect, like, friend or possible future partner for me. Like, I, I made it all perfect in my head when it wasn't. Um, now, if I told you how I feel, things will never be the way they were. Superman, I always knew I'm never going to be a supergirl. Super so that, again, is like me being so self-conscious and telling myself, like, this guy is on another level. I can never be that good. And that's a terrible foundation for a friendship because what developed out of this was like the most sick and twisted And stupid and toxic friendship I ever had, probably. Uh, It was completely like... (sighs) There was a lot of like power imbalance because I felt so inferior to this guy. Uh, It it was so toxic. Um, I even developed some borderline personality disorder symptoms. Uh, I don't have the disorder itself, but I got diagnosed at some point because I had all the symptoms. But as soon as I got out of this toxic friendship... symptoms were suddenly gone. So, um, like, based on the situation with this guy, I, like, kind of became, like, a borderline patient. So I was, like, always, like, trying to, like, be really needy and clingy and trying to, like, pull him into my life and pull him close and make sure that he doesn't leave me. Um, always anxious, always, like, scared that he will just leave because i thought that i was like so pathetic that he would leave at any point and that he didn't even like me and all of all of this shit. um so where do the lyrics go it was like i had no choice the calming sound of your voice it was like music to my ears the melody inside my mind the harmony that i can't find that i've been looking for for all these years i think that's cute like i think those lyrics are very cute if I just ignore who they're aimed at, because I really didn't have that sort of relationship with this guy, but, like, the idea of, like, comparing, I know, I know, it's kind of cliche, but, like, comparing um, romantic feelings to music, like, that's cute, come on, that's, like, I have to give some, some credit to myself for, uh, for writing this at 15 or 16 years old, You gave me a reason. You gave me hope so I could finally believe in a happy ending. I know the feeling's wrong, but baby, please don't leave. Yeah. Uh, Borderline symptoms. Um, And then again, Superman don't fly away and so on. And it's so damn bad. I reached for what I couldn't grab. I wanted what I couldn't have. It's always so damn bad. I reach for things that I can't grab. I always want the things that I can't have. Well, like who said that I can't have him as a friend? Like who said that i'm like that inferior to him and that i'm not on the same level i said that like i'm pretty sure when we first got to know each other he was like very open to us being good friends and to us like getting along very well but you know it was me who who built up this power imbalance of him being on another level and of of him be, of me being not of me not being worthy of his friendship so that's how the whole thing turned toxic i don't think the relationship would have had, I don't think it, like, inevitably had to become toxic. I think, like, I, like, my, my mental health problems made it toxic. Um, and that's, like, a really, really bitter pill to swallow. And then I made another song. Um, this is the last one I'm going to talk about today. Oh, my God, where is it? Um, words I'll Never Say. Um, so fast forward to 11th grade. So high school, um, it was like the, I, th- I guess, I guess 11th grade in Germany, that would be junior year in the U.S., I think, right? It goes freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year, right? So I guess it was junior year. And, um, yeah, we were at, uh, in school again, um, we went to this, I don't know what, what you would call that in, in English. Oh my God, what is that called? I have to Google that. Uh, wait a second. I have to look it up. Kloster. That's the German word. Um, looking it up in English. And it's monastery. So we went to this Christian monastery with the entire uh, class in school um and it was like they did that with every single class in 11th grade like that was typical for junior year for us to go to this monastery just for a couple of days so we could do like some soul searching about like where we want our own life to go and what we want to do when we grow up and who we want to be as young adults and i think that's a great idea i think that's it's great that they do that um but you know um it was kind of complicated too because you had to be in groups and like talk about your like deepest fears and hopes and dreams and stuff and that was just unrealistic like amongst your peers from school it was like so unrealistic to really talk about the stuff that matters but that's just like my two cents about that um however at the end of this week in the monastery there was a it was like a church service and you could participate in that church service by like making ho- making a contribution doing something creative as part of this uh, church service um and my contribution as i decided was to sing one of my songs that i'd written and this is the song that i'll be talking about now it's called words i'll never say and this was me like coming to terms with the fact or, like, kind of coming to terms with the fact that I had developed feelings for this guy that I just talked about. Um, when, again, looking back now, those weren't, like, real romantic feelings. That was just me projecting a bunch of stuff onto him. But, anyway, let's go through the song. Like, I sang this live at this church service. And... The entire time I was, like, looking at him and really staring him in the eyes and making sure that he knew that this song was about him. I think at that point he also knew that I thought that I had feelings for him. I think I'd, I'd written him a letter. Like, he sat next to me in class in chemistry. And I, at some point, just put, like, a letter on his desk and then just walked away because it was the end of the lesson. So I basically gave him this letter and then just left and then he texted me like, hey, you know, that's like really sweet that you are saying that and it's like really brave to write me this letter. But um, like he was he was taken, I think he had a girlfriend who was in in her senior year, so she was a little bit older, a little bit more mature i guess and a little bit more experienced and she was more outgoing and i just i felt really terrible about myself because i compared myself to her and she seemed like so cool and laid back and extroverted and like everything that i was not able to be at that point um but i still like i still had like these feelings or i thought i had these feelings so that's what the song is about and i like stared him in the face while singing it in front of the whole the entire like junior year like, I think that was around 80 people there, and I sang it in front of everybody, and it was, like, very clear to everybody that I was, like, directing it at him, because I was staring at him the whole time, and he was kind of, like, (laughs) part of the time he was looking back at me, and part of the time he was, like, staring at his feet, because, I mean, that, that, that shit is uncomfortable, um, to know that there's this girl, like, in, in front of, everybody that you know singing a love song to you and you know that you don't reciprocate these feelings and that it's all kind of fucked up like I understand why he was uncomfortable and again like I was such a drama queen I was so dramatic I was like so depressed and also so immature that I ended up being this big drama queen um so yeah (laughs) I think that's like the most dramatic thing I've ever done um is singing this love song to him in front of the entire junior year, um, yeah, junior year class or whatever, in front of 80 people or something. Um, so these are the lyrics, and this is also the last thing I'm going to talk about in this episode. The lyrics are, I wish I could find the words to tell you how I feel. I wish I wasn't shy. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And every time that you look at me, oh, I wish that somehow I can make you see. That even when you're next to me, you're still too far away. And every time that you say goodbye, I'm wishing you could stay and hold me in your arms and never let me go. Because you stole my heart, but I can never let you know. And isn't it ironic that I'm singing, I can never let you know. And I'm singing it while staring in his face and making it very obvious that I am letting him, you know. I I, I am letting you know, like, hey, this is what I feel, feel for you. Like, I think that's kind of ironic. Um, But, you know, I I couldn't say that stuff to him. I could have never said that stuff to him. I said it in a letter and I said it in a song, but I could have never said it in conversation. And, yeah, this whole thing about I wish I wasn't shy, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Like, I felt like I was supposed to be, like, his girlfriend. I don't know if they were even together anymore at that point. But um, (laughs) that's besides the point. Like, I felt like I was supposed to be as cool as her. And as chill as her and as mature and confident as her, I felt like I was stuck in this body of a person that I wasn't supposed to be. Like, I, I'm not supposed to be shy. I'm not supposed to be a loser. So I think that's like a, a positive side to it that I didn't really identify with these negative character traits that I had or that I perceived as negative and I was already identifying with something else. I was already, I already had a bit of a vision of who I wanted to be at some point. So that's great. And yeah, but that was like the only positive thing from from that time and from this song, probably. But uh, I, I have to mention this. Like the fact that I sang in front of 80 people, holy fucking shit. Like I was so socially anxious. I was so shy and so depressed and I was not confident at all but I just sat there in front of like 80 people who had never heard me sing and I just sang this song and I even made myself that vulnerable by making it very obvious who the song was about like oh my god I can't believe that I did that and I think that that was like really like a formative experience for me as an artist I don't I'm not sure that I would even be making and releasing music right now if it wasn't for this moment. So as depressed as I was and as, as much as I hated myself and as much as I was completely like mad about like how my life was going and how I was mad at myself all the time and all this negative shit. But this was so meaningful to me as a songwriter to be able to sing... A song that i wrote in front of so many people and be this brave uh, i can't believe it i can't believe i did that but um this was important to me this was important to my journey well let's move on to the rest of the lyrics um when i'm alone i start to dream and all i think about is you and that someday somewhere somehow i'm gonna tell you the truth lol i'm already telling him the truth by singing this song to him that's so funny and every time that I look at you, oh, I wish that he would feel the same way too. Yeah, I think, as, as I mentioned before, I already told him the truth in a letter, or my truth. And it was already clear that he didn't feel the same way. Um, then it goes to the chorus again, and then... And I know you just like me as a friend, but sometimes I wish you would take my hand. hand um, Again, not necessarily true. Like, I same as with the other guy that I projected all this stuff onto. I don't think I really ever ugh, imagined like being like physically intimate with this guy. I mean, come on take taking somebody's hand like that's not that intimate, but you know what I mean. Like I, I don't think I could ever really picture myself being with him. and I never realized that that might be a problem or that that might be a sign that there's something wrong with this supposed crush that I had on him. You know, it's it's absolutely insane to me that I didn't realize that something about this was very off and very weird. Um, yeah. Because um, every time that you look at me, I wish I could stop the world. And every time that you're next to me, I wish that I was your girl. Um, I wish I could stop the world. No, not really. I mean, I wanted to spend time with him. That's true. I wanted to spend time with him as a friend. Always like trying to figure out how to you know, arrange plans so that we could hang out. Um, And I was, like, very desperate to hang out with him, and he wasn't. So I was kind of, like, chasing him most of the time and hoping he would notice me and hoping he would answer my messages. And it was, like, very one-sided. And that's also what made it toxic. Like, the most normal and healthy response if somebody isn't really that communicative with you... And if somebody isn't really taking any initiative to hang out with you, is to also, like, slow the fuck down and not chase them even more. But that's what I did at that point. Um, Yeah, so every time that you look at me, I wish I could stop the word. Actually, when he looked at me and when we hung out, I was never comfortable. I was never, it was never as good as I imagined. Like, I was so desperate to make plans with him. But when we made plans and when we hung out... It was never great it was like so not satisfying like it was so anticlimactic to make plans with him like i can't believe that i was so obsessed with hanging out with him over and over again when it was so not satisfying (laughs) so anticlimactic oh my god but i think that's also what kept me going that's what kept me like coming back for more and kind of like begging him and kind of always contacting him and trying to make plans with him Because I always thought, well, guess I guess uh, the last time we hung out, there was something wrong with me. And that's why it didn't feel that great. So we have to hang out again so I can do better this time. So I can, um, I don't know, compensate for the last time where I was really awkward. So every single time that we met like that, I just afterwards, I just felt like, damn, I need to prove to him that I'm not always this awkward and quiet. So... I have to make plans with them again like I was so like trapped in this like hamster wheel of always trying to reach this this relationship or this this chemistry between us that I pictured in my head but that was never there um yeah I I'm repeating myself this is insane to me like this is completely insane um. yeah, every time that you're next to me, I wish that I was your girl. I mean, I was jeal- jealous of his uh, girlfriend, but I I'm not sure I ever really wanted to be her. I mean, I wanted to be her because she was, as I said, older and confident, and she seemed like she had her shit together, and she was pretty, and so I was jealous of her, and I wanted to be like her, but to be his girl? Like, the way I remember it, they had, like, a really ugly breakup, and it was, like, really hurtful for both of them, and it went down, like, very terribly, and I I don't think I would have wanted to be in her place, like, I don't know what I wanted from him, like, it was all, it was all just an illusion, um, yeah, and then the rest of the last chorus goes, um, but I know that it'll always be a daydream far away. That's why I wrote this song for you with all the words that I'll never say, that I'll never say. The words that I'll never say, the words that I'll never say. Yeah. Uh, and I never said the words, I guess, but I sang them. And <laughs> it, yeah, as I said, it was really influential for my music journey. But, like, my, my personal life that was, like, connected to the song was an absolute disaster. So I guess that's like the takeaway from this episode is that like my music journey was kind of like born from depression and hurt and self-hatred and projecting feelings onto boys that weren't even real and falling for an illusion. And, you know, a lot of things were wrong with me and my life. And that's where my music journey came from. And now I'm trying to turn it into something different. Now I'm trying to write songs that are not all about a topic like this. And I'm trying to write different stuff. And I'm also not going back to like record all of this and and release all these songs. I, I'm not sure if I will record the songs just you know for for their value of being like uh, an important memory of a certain time in my life. I don't know if I will do that, but I don't think I will ever uh, release these songs because they're not really that good and they just have sentimental value to me. And, you know, maybe at some point I'll make another episode like this because I felt like it was pretty easy to talk for this long. Like it's almost been 45 minutes And I've talked for this long. And before I made this episode, I felt like I had nothing to say today. That's why I chose to talk about these old songs. Because I was like, off the top of my head, I have like no ideas what to talk about today. So yeah, I hope that this was enjoyable for somebody. I hope that this gave you some insight into um, how I got started as a songwriter. And thank you for listening. And um, see you next week, I guess. I hope. (laughs) See you next Wednesday. Bye!